We hope you enjoy listening to this podcast of St. Louis on the Air, brought to you by University College at Washington University. With undergraduate and graduate programs, part-time, evening, and online. University College at Washington University, offering world-class education within reach. And welcome back. If you're a fan of theater in St. Louis, then the name of Janiel Joplin is a familiar one. The veteran actor has performed scores of times here and across the country, more than 100 times at the Repertory Theater in Webster Groves alone. Anywhere there's a stage in St. Louis, he's probably been on it. Tonight, the Webster Groves Arts Commission is honoring Joplin with a Lifetime Achievement Award. Janiel Joplin joins, joins me in studio. Great to see you. Thanks, Thanks so much for Thomas. coming in, and congratulations. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's good Th- to see you again, too. Th- th- this doesn't mean the end of a career, <laughs> yeah, does it? I, I certainly hope not. Uh, what's what's uh, on tap for you in the, in the near future? Well, I just finished doing a show in Cincinnati at the uh, Cincinnati Shakespeare Company. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first time I'd ever gotten the chance to do funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Aha. Uh-huh. We talked with Stephen Sondheim yeah, yesterday. That's, that's he was, was sitting doing. right where, right where <laughs> you were sitting. <laughs> I'd love to have met him, but... Uh, yeah, well, he was a, an interesting fellow yeah, to talk to. I bet he was. A, a little bit crotchety at times, but we'll, we'll yes. give him that. He's 88. I was going to say, aren't we all just a little crotchety? <laughs> yeah. I hope so. Boy, you know, is there a stage that you haven't uh, appeared on in the St. Louis area? I, I've never uh, done anything at stages, interestingly oh, really? enough. I had, you know, I, I was asked to a couple of times, and both times it fell out because of other... Uh, commitments that I had uh-huh. and wasn't able to do it. But uh, well, there's still still plenty of time. There's to still do that. time. Yeah, as long as they're interested, I am. How how many credits do you have? I mean, you're going. We're going back what fifty years or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe I've, a little more. 50, I've been in Actors Equity for fifty-one years. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, have you kept a list of uh, all the credits you have over these years? Nah, I mean, I'm sure there's a way somewhere back there. I know that I've. I've done something like 215, 220 shows in St. Louis, uh, wow. 101 at the Rep, 66 at the Muni. Yeah. So why, why St. Louis? I mean, you have performed uh, in various parts of the country. You're not from St. Louis. No. Um, and yet this is your home, and this is where you, you basically where your, your base is. Yeah. Well, we came here in, in 1972 from New York uh, to do one show at what was then the Little Hilton Repertory mm-hmm. Theater uh, of Mice and Men. And uh, my daughter was maybe two months old at the time. But we just came here to do the one show. And they asked if I would be interested in staying to do another show, and I did. And after three of them, I said, are you interested in having me here as part of the company? And they Mm -hmm. said, oh, if you would be interested, yes, we would. Mm -hmm. So in February of 73, I went back to New York and packed everything up in a Beacons moving van and moved here and never looked back. How busy were you in New York? Not that busy. You know, I'm one of those actors. We were there for nine years. And I I think in those nine years, I only did one show in New York. And that was Treasure Island at a children's theater. Mm -hmm. And everything else was, you know, moving out of New York to go someplace else to work. And that was, you know, to a great extent, that was the case. And during that that time period, you uh, that would be your base and you'd audition there for shows that were going on everywhere else. So that's pretty much what I did was worked everywhere else but New York. With a lot of competition in New oh, York for those, yeah. for those jobs. Yeah, my, uh, one of my favorite stories was uh, I was not, uh, did not have an agent, so I always went to open calls. Mm-hmm. And you got the information from the trade papers as to what they were looking for. And they were looking for a, a man around 30 
uh, hopefully somebody from the Southwest. Mm-hmm. I'm from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody over six feet. I'm six feet one. Mm-hmm. Uh, slender, uh, ginger hair, and a, a bass baritone. I, this is me. Yeah. They're just asking for right. me. And I got there, and there's 300 guys that fit the description. And it turns out they ended up hiring a, a young Italian actor that the director had worked with before. So, you know, who, who probably didn't have ginger hair. No, did yeah. not. No, yeah. and he was about 5'9". So it, it just went against everything they said. But that's when you understood what you were up against. Do, do you audition anymore? Are you well beyond that point? Well, I still do, yeah. yeah. When, uh, often it will be because it's a director I've not worked with. Uh, the theater has recommended me to the director, but they still want to, to listen to what I have to do and and it's fine, you know. I don't mind doing that. It's, it's still for me. Is it's a, it's a difficult thing to do, and it's a, it's one of those things that really rankles you to have to go through it. But nonetheless, you understand that. Well, I I just can't imagine going through that sort of thing. And you know, one of the things you you have to be prepared for, just as you've indicated, is the fact that, you know, most of the time you're going to be rejected. Yeah, and absolutely. you have to deal with that. Yep. Yeah. It's a you know you. I guess the worst rejection I ever got was I auditioned for something, and I felt that I'd really auditioned well. Mm-hmm. And the director said, thank you very much for coming in and handed me back my photograph and said, you probably want to hang on to these. I know they're not cheap. So <laughs> I thought that was about as total a rejection as you could possibly get. You know, I think about this commercial that uh, is playing a lot on television now, the, this fella who's uh, going to audition for a um, ultra uh, uh, beer commercial. Uh-huh. Uh, have you seen this? And he's doing all these exercises oh, yes, and telling yeah. everybody he's going to be doing this commercial. Yes. And he finally gets there, and they put him in this cattle call with about <laughs> 500 <laughs> other people. It's a, it's a very humorous commercial. And he's, a very, he's an established actor, too. So it's Yeah, a, right. Yeah. What got you into it, uh, a boy from Oklahoma getting into this, uh, this field? Well, I started... Very young, actually. I was about maybe five years old, and there was a, a lady in Ponca City, Oklahoma, who taught what was at that time called self-expression lessons. And basically what, you, what she did was she helped you, you know, stand in front of the public, learn uh, recitations, and, mm. and perform them for the Elks Club or the Kiwanis. Or, so I started doing that at about five, and uh, I continued to do it through high school. But um, my real interest at that time was medicine. And uh, so I went to Phillips University in Enid, Oklahoma, carrying a major of uh, medicine and theology, planning to be a medical missionary, mm-hmm. but was involved with uh, quartets and, and theater. And uh, when I finished my, my pre-med, uh, I was accepted in the University of Oklahoma School of Medicine. But the president of the university called me in, and we had he, I often toured with the promotional quartet that I sang with. So we were on a first-name basis. Mm-hmm. And he invited me in and he said, I just wanted to know that you had the lowest grade point average for anyone ever from this school getting into a med school. So I thought that here it comes. He's going to say, you're going to have to decide what's more important. And he didn't say that. He looked at me and he said, you're going to have to decide which one you can best do without. Uh And I went home that summer and thought about that. And I thought, I I can't do life without theater. I just can't do it. And the singing has held you in good stead as well because you uh, have been in a number of musicals, as I understand it. Yeah, I I used to do even more when I was younger. Of course, Mm -hmm. I was a Rodgers and Hammerstein baritone, so Mm -hmm. you got to do all the curlies and and those roles. But as you get older, there are fewer and fewer singing roles available. I think the last time that I really got to sing 
was when we did uh, Man of La Mancha for Insight Theater. Well, you, you know, and, and looking over that, uh, that that list of credits, and they are they're right there online. You can just scroll through all of them. It's just amazing the uh, the, the wide variety of, of things that you've done. Um, I, I'm not even sure what the question is, other than the fact that with that variety, does, is is one more difficult or easier than the other? It's it, that's that's one that's that's a difficult. It's like asking which one is your favorite show. Mm-hmm. There's there are some you just can't not list. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you know that certainly La Mancha was was one of the ones that I I'm, I will always think of as a favorite. Mm-hmm. But Willie Loman, of course, and Death of a Salesman and King Lear, uh, they're all right there at the top. And uh, fascinatingly enough, you know, so many times I'll, I'll I'll meet someone, especially someone in their thirties or forties, and they'll say, you know, I, I've seen you on stage. But I just found out the other day that you were Mr. S in the letter people. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be the most exciting thing for people to discover is that I was a voice for the letter people. Is there anything you wouldn't do? Well, I always said that I wouldn't do nudity on stage unless it was definitely a comedy. <laughs> I get it. I, I, <laughs> I get it. There's not even a punchline. <laughs> no. how, how about film and television? Well, I've done maybe five movies uh, four of them were, were made for TV. Uh, mm-hmm. The other one was an HBO movie that, about uh, Truman that I did with Gary Sinise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, I enjoy film work, but it's not, it's not the same as, as theater. Uh, one, it's, just, it's not in the hands of the performer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know that there's going to be some editor somewhere with a director sitting there cutting them the stuff apart mm-hmm. that you film. And you may not get the best scene that you felt you had mm-hmm. that may not be the one they choose so it's you just don't feel like it's it's really in your hands as a performer what about taking energy from the audience you hear that a lot from film actors who say they like to do stage work mm-hmm. because then they have that yeah. uh, that to and fro always very much true i think that it, uh, and it, it's also that 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 difference about theater is because it's it is such a unique experience every time not just for the actor, mm-hmm. but the audience, of course, too. An audience can come and see a show three times, and they're going to see three slightly different shows because they're just never going to be the same. And so I, I love that uniqueness to it, and, and you love having the audience there to respond. And I, I guess the other part is that I, I still think of myself more as a storyteller than I do an actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't feel like I'm acting unless there's an audience out there. I guess the people you're acting with would really make a difference, too. I yeah. mean, there has to be some kind of symbiotic relationship going yeah. there, or, or it won't work. Some oh, sort of chemistry. Very, very much so. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, I, I've done one, basically one-man show. Mm. Uh, we did a, Actually, there were two one-act plays. One of them was uh, Eugene O'Neill's Huey, and the other one was uh, Crap's Last Tape. Mm. And Crap's Last Tape is just a man in a tape recorder. Mm. And Huey is just one man and a, a hotel desk operator who is, doesn't have more than seven lines to say in the entire show. That, that's very lonely work. Oh, I imagine yeah. it is. What about forgetting lines? I mean, when you're all by yourself, you better have them down. You're bad. dead. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, on that, in that vein, what about – have you ever forgotten lines with, a, with an ensemble? Yes, I have. Uh, uh, fairly recently, I was doing uh, – uh, Play with my daughter, uh, Proof, which is about uh, a mathematician who has passed and uh, 
going back and looking at the story of when her, his daughter was taking care of him, and she finds a proof that he was working on. But uh, my daughter was, she was brilliant in the part, just brilliant. And I found one performance. I was sitting there, and she was doing a, a beautiful, beautiful monologue. And she got to the end of it, and it was my turn to talk. And mm-hmm. I, I had no idea what I was supposed to say. So I looked do? at her. I looked at her and said, I don't have a thing to say. <laughs> and she knew I was up. And she picked us up, and she got us back on the story. And I thought, oh, my, this is it. This is what I was worried about all my life is I'm going to reach a certain age, and the memory's going. And next night, same thing happened at the same spot. I'll be darned. I thought, now there's something wrong here. And I realized what it was. I was so entranced watching my daughter work that I, I, I dropped out of my character, and I was just dead sitting there gloating for my daughter. Became part of the audience, yeah. in, in yeah. effect. How about pranks on stage? I've heard some wonderful stories about pranks that actors pull on each other sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, it's kind of going out of style because uh, I, I think too many pranks were played for too many times mm-hmm. and actually got in the way of the show. Uh, if, if the prank is simple enough, uh, I think it can go on forever. Uh, you know, we've had shows where you, your drink is handed to you and it's got a goldfish swimming in it. And, you know, just little things like that. And you're, you go ahead and drink because what else are you going to do? That's sure. what you're called on to do. But it's, again, they just kind of got in the way after a while. And people have backed off from that. And I'm very glad of it because I'm one of those who goes easy if something like that is, is pulled sure. on me. I can I can lose my character pretty quickly because I appreciate the prank so much. I, I remember hearing a story once of two actors who performed a lot together, and they were always pranking each other. Mm-hmm. And, and at one occasion in a scene, there was a telephone in the room, and it rang, and it wasn't supposed to. And it was in a position where one of the actors had to pick it up because the phone was ringing. <laughs> and he picked it up, and he said, Hello? It's for you. <laughs> handed, <laughs> handed it back to the guy who had pulled the prank. That's kind of kind of fun stuff. Yeah, that's not bad. You've uh, you've performed on the Muni stage, yes, which is enormous. Yeah, talk a little bit about appearing um, on a in a venue that that is that large. The audience is large, and the stage is enormous. Yeah, that's got to affect somehow affect what you do. It does, and and you realize you know fairly soon that you're basically doing a radio show. Mm-hmm. Because you're, the audience is so far away from you, they can't see what your face is doing. And so, you know, whatever you're doing with your facial acting, that's for your fellow actor. It has nothing to do with the audience. Uh, and the other thing that was upsetting to me the first couple of times that I worked out there was, one, uh, you know, the show starts at 8.15 at night. In the summertime, that's still light. light. Mm-hmm. And when you walk out on that stage for the first time and see 11,000 people out there, uh, that's daunting, to say the very least. It has to be. Uh, by the way, what's wrong with doing a radio show? Nothing at all. As a matter of fact, I love radio. So that's, that's why we're saying it's just like doing a radio show. That's, that's a joy for me. Have you done much radio? I mean, what, what have you done? Well, I mean, uh, mostly it's been commercial work and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, there was, of course, there was a period when uh, uh, I guess 90% of the commercials were, were done in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. So that there was a lot of commercial work for actors here, and also true for for film work, uh, and that has dropped off quite a bit in the last few years. I wonder why. I think a lot of it had to do with a strike that uh, uh, after a SAG had, oh maybe fifteen years ago, something like that, mm-hmm. and uh, so the, the work was cut off pretty much for about six months. And I think a lot of producers <laughs> look for different ways to do it after that. 
I think uh, yeah, a lot has to do with the digital age, too. Sure. A lot of people can sure. do it right in their living room yeah. or their bedroom or wherever they want to do it. Yeah, we're finding that true Not also with, uh, with auditions. Same yeah. thing. Somebody will say, you know, can you send me a, an audition tape? And I don't have a studio. And they say, mm-hmm. well, you know, just pick up your, your camera and, and tape yourself and send that to us. And, yeah. how, how has theater work changed over the time that you've been in it, the 50, close to 60 years? Well, it's... Some there's, there's a lot more theater now, and there's a lot more varied theater now than there used to be. Uh, when when I first came to St. Louis, there were only like four theaters, yeah. and now they're what thirteen or something like that. So there's a lot more work, and I think there's a lot more interesting work being done. People are taking a lot more chances now. We've only a few seconds left. St. Louis is a pretty good theater town, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. It's it's been a gift to us. Yeah. Well, that's what's kept you around for a yeah. long time, with Neil Joplin. We hope you're going to be around for a lot longer as well. Thanks, Don. It's been I a great run. That. Yes, it has. Fun I hope life. It continues. Any regrets? <laughs> None at all. All righty. Well, yeah. we're so happy to have you in St. Louis, and uh, remark all the time about all the success that you've had. Thank you so much for Thank being with us. Thank you, Episodes of St. Louis on the Air are available at stlpublicradio.org, or you can subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, the Google Podcast app, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening. I'm Don Marsh.